Hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have with us Mr. Eli Hedges, the Ballinai Bomber. Spotless, spotless. That, that was one of his better counts yeah. of this year. Um, and Mr. Robert Whittaker, the biracial angel. Hello. <laughs> That'll cut you off before you keep going there. Um, yeah, we're here amidst the bushfires that are ravaging yeah, our beautiful fires. state. And yeah. Queensland as well, eh, Eloy? Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, and we were talking before off air. Um, your family and friends, because you're from Ballin on the far north coast. Um, how are they? Yeah, they're all right in Ballin. There's been uh, some spot fires and that around the area on the north coast, but I think more the mid north coast, down towards Port Macquarie, Coffs Harbour. They've uh, copping a fair bit. Can we turn that off from us? Yeah, and then we'll turn it off after. Um, and then also, um, around Tarreway. They're copping it real bad there as well, Foster, Tuncurry, Taree, so yeah, all nice. up on the north coast. Any of your family been affected? Yeah, yeah, I've, I have some friends around Taree, they've had to evacuate their house and that, their neighbours have lost their properties and that, so um, not nice, but family's all safe, so that's most important. I was, I was looking at the, the government map that they, they update every couple of minutes <coughs> to show where the fires are, and like that Port Macquarie area up near there is just ravaged. How about how close are the fires to your house? Uh, I think they're within fifty kilometres now. Like, like I think they like they're on the closer side to us of the Blue Mountains. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's close enough to worry. People don't realise how fast fire spreads and travels. Like it, well, all the schools in that area have been cancelled. Yeah, a lot of them have been shut. Like, there's smoke in the area uh, in the air now. So, um, like bad near, smoke near Penrith as well. There's like there's fires like at that way. They're they're technically controlled at the moment but that can shift i think in the next couple of hours it's like a, a southerly coming in or something like that and it's gonna which is pretty pretty is scary. it 10 kilometers they they ask you to evacuate 10 kilometers within your no, property when i was reading because i've been panicking a little bit well to be fair i'm gonna shout out sorry wait, the the thing is echoing the the it's echoing in my headphones am i echoing a little bit Okay, maybe I'm just talking too loud. Go on. <laughs> um, this is a shout out to Sophia because she's making me panic because she's panicking. <laughs> she's the worst under pressure situations <laughs> like that. She always, yeah, it's always one extreme or the next. So when we were reading the website that says like what to do when fires are near you sort of thing, they, they said like people in my area should have, should be like evacuated or. But the, the instructions haven't been the best. It's like evacuate and like to where and how. Yeah, and I feel like the information hasn't been easily accessible enough. I feel like, <laughs> to be honest, I feel like the, the fire danger and catastrophe thing should have an Instagram page <laughs> as well. You know what I mean? Like something to try and get the information out there. I mean, maybe they do. I heard on the radio that just go to the shopping centre. If you're planning, yeah, you'll that, mean get out of the house and go to the shopping centre. Is that go to a local shopping it's a marketing yeah, but, ploy? But 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 the way that it's been the, the way that it's been pushed is like all of Sydney's under fire, all of Sydney's thing, and blah 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 blah. Like it's just every every part of Sydney. So it's hard because you don't know. Well, should should we all evacuate or not or, or whatever? It hasn't been hasn't been that clear. But when you go outside, especially in the mornings, the smoke is everywhere. It's yeah, pretty bad. It's it's drifting. It certainly is today, especially. And, so. and tomorrow's supposed to be hotter. Like, really? Yeah. I think tomorrow's going to be like 33 or something. Is it? I thought today was getting up to 37 today with the winds. Yeah. The winds is a big factor. Peter Jansen, who um, 
works there at TAFE and that PJ here, well, he's a fireman, and he said he's never seen, like, he went to a bushfire one time near the barracks in Holsworthy, is it? Yeah. And he yeah. said he's never seen anything move so quick. He said just went, just like, just took over everything that quick. He said there's no way you could outrun it in a car. No, no way. No, no, no. <clears throat> so you just can't really, I guess, um, fathom the, the real impact it can have. If it's 10 kilometres away, do you mean it could be in your house within, minutes. I guess, 10? Yeah. yeah, minutes, yeah. minutes. Because 10Ks is nothing in a car. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's, it's insane. It's shaking me a little bit now. <laughs> just like you're talking about. No, I think like knowing, like, you know, being aware of it, I think is, is very important. But it's, I think a discount is like three people have, have passed, have, have died. And there's 150 homes yeah. destroyed. My condolences to all those people, man. Yeah. That's, that's horrendous. And it's so close as well to us, you know what I mean, at the moment. Like, it's so... Yeah. So Have you ever been in a situation like this before? When I was a little kid, this is... this is. We were up on the North Coast. I would have been about 10. So, what? When this would be 1990, around that time. I don't know. Give or take a couple of years. I'm sure somebody's going to Google it and go, you're a fucking liar, Fab. It wasn't. It was in 91. <laughs> They're commenting right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it was around that time, 90, 91, 92, maybe 93. And uh, we were driving home from the North Coast... And from and the fires were, you know, Mooney Mooney Brooklyn, yeah, that area in Hawkesbury. There was bushfires there, but the fires were contained. But there was fire on both sides. And my parents, we had a Datsun, and they were letting people drive through. And we were driving. It was fire on both sides of the road, and you could see it. Like it was. Wow. It was like driving like through hell or something, like Dante's Inferno. That's, have you ever, ever been in a situation like that, Eli? No, no, not so bad with a bushfire or anything. I've seen them, but do you know what I mean always from a diff- mm. distance or sort of both sides of the road, but nothing too hectic where it's going across yeah. the road no, or no, anything? No, we weren't driving, going across the road. Oh, okay. <coughs> no, it was just my parents aren't shitbags. <laughs> yeah, fuck the kids. <laughs> They're, um, yeah, the closest I've been was like we got evacuated in Menai. Um, just because like the, the smoke and the fires were super, super close. So everyone had to pack their stuff and get ready. Like we had to leave the house and we're all getting ready to leave like that. I'm pretty sure it was because some little shithead lit it. Well, most of them, I think there's <laughs> yeah. 63 fires or something were <clears throat> arsonist, you know? So if you're like, one of those people, just. I think the big thing too is stop. you don't. Yeah. Stop. Hopefully none of those people are watching the program. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you are an arsonist and you're watching the program, please stop. Fuck, it's, it's, For me. Like, just stop. It's crazy, man. The, the Because I think what, what you're saying is like, most of the times they, they evacuate because of smoke, eh? not yeah, because smoke of the fire itself. You know, and it's funny, like as, as a kid, because I would have been like 12 or something, like as a kid... I was just stoked I didn't have to go to school, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, there's fires everywhere, there's smokes everywhere, and I was just like, me and all the other little kids at the townies were just stoked we didn't have to go to school. Like, so happy. And then the next day, we were like, it's still too smoky, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it up. I think in, in 87, 86, 87, I was in year one. There was the same thing. School got cancelled because of the fires. And I was a little kid. Were you happy? I didn't fully understand. I couldn't. Eighty six. I couldn't. It was in eighty six. I couldn't understand the language. I was still like, <laughs> I wasn't even in the normal class. I was in the um, ESL class with a whole bunch of kids that spoke Polish. <laughs> so, so it wasn't like I didn't fully get it. You know, uh, there's a guy I spoke to. Uh, the gentleman that runs Colorannabri. I can never say the name properly. I, I, I forgive me. Um, Colorannabri Bulldogs and it's a little tiny town in um, the state's northwest I believe 
has got 350 people. I was having a chat with him about it. Um, and the droughts have smashed them. Like, that's the other thing. It's not just the fire. It's a drought. Because the drought uh, lends its way for the fire. But the, the drought, just having no water and everything being so dry. And he's saying to me, like, the, the town, like, there's no rivers running through there. Haven't, I think one of the rivers hasn't run since, like, uh, 2018. It's been dry. A little town, 350 people. So my thoughts to them as well that's yeah. crazy and um they're trying to raise some money for <coughs> for the kids as well to well right now it's really hard because they can't get you know football ovals or, or anything so um just shout out to colorena bright and all the other little towns like that because there's so many little yeah. towns and like we we, we want to try and get out to some of those towns this year um we we're talking with david roberts and with yourself about and pat farmer about doing some activities and going out there and doing some stuff um but there's so many of those little towns dotted all over New South Wales, all over, and let alone all over Australia. Just you can't get to them all, you know. But yeah, like yeah. I am. Um, it's hard, like when you're connected to like the the when you've got like if you live in the city and in the suburbs even, and you you have that water on the tap, like on tap, accessible water, like <clears throat> for you to truly understand the the drought and how it impacts people's lives, like. Yeah, because, <clears throat> you know, a couple of, like, what was it, last week we had a bit of rain? Yeah. Like two and, days? Yep. Yeah, and you saw all the farmers, like, running around in the water and in the, in the, in the rain? What do you mean? Look, like, <laughs> you see it on, on the news and on social yeah, media. dams were filling up, rivers were flowing yeah. again. But the, some of the issues that some of these small communities or s small little farms are having is they'll have a dam with a little bit of water in, in it that they've paid for, and now the Rural Fire Service has to access that water to now put out the fires, do you know what I mean? So... Uh, they're, they're getting left with nothing again, do you know what yeah. I mean? So they're, they're really copping it bad where they've had this drought, they have this little bit of water that they're keeping their livestock alive and now the yeah. rural fire services have to come in. And that's not their fault, do you know I mean? You need to put out the fires as well. It's it's just a... Because I never, I never <coughs> truly understand... Like, I see even now, I still don't like truly understand, but I feel like I've, I've gained like a, a bit more of an insight because um, I, I've moved out to... like, And we have tank water and just... Just like the fact that it hasn't rained in the last couple of months, like it's everything's yellow, everything's dying, yeah. everything's dry. Like you have to pay for water to come out, which is still a luxury, you know, to, to fill up the tank. And it's just like even just that little bit there makes you think like if you had fires to put out like on, on a property or something, you, you don't have the water access. You're like it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a scary thing. <laughs> it, it is. Dude, not only that, like, you know, when you're cutting weight, mm. like you think about it, you can handle the food. You can handle being hungry to a certain yeah. extent, but it's the water. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's what I've always said. Like, you know, like being hungry is one thing. You like you can't beat thirsty. Thirsty's and terrible. Think about a whole town like there's no water. Yeah, like that would send you in a like. Uh, like, is there is there like there'd still be shops and stuff at the, at that town? Would would they still be getting in supplies? Yeah, but there, there's like water's being trucked over to them, like water, like, like bottled water, and be rationed and everything. Eh? Yeah. Like, would you... It's crazy to think that, like, people, like, in these small towns are going through these, like, catastrophe-level sort of events, and we're here. Further to that, I recommend people read Dark Emu. I've read Dark Emu, but <coughs> I believe it's Bruce Pascal. I've asked him to be on the podcast. He significantly snobbed me. I've asked him six or seven times. Hey, mate. He just snobbed me. You and me both. Chris Weidman. Thanks, mate. Been snobbed a lot. 
I haven't. Knocks me back a lot. So, Bruce, if you're watching, please come on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of your work, huge fan of your books. Um, but you're hurting me, Bruce. You're hurting me. Um, let's, let's move on to some questions from our audience. We're all speaking so quietly because I think we're trying to avoid the echo. If there yeah. is one. I, I don't know. Guys, if you do feel in it here, uh, can you make a heaps bigger, Eli? Hold control and scroll. Ah, uh, control and scroll. Yeah. Do you know the scroll on the Mac? Use two fingers on the pad and press for move it forward. Okay, I'm just going to... There you go. Oh, wow. Guys, please petition to have Eli shot. <laughs> have, you, have him shot. Have you, um, have you seen the, the, the memes? <laughs> the Grange TV memes, shout out, with uh, the Eli's count one? <laughs> no, what happened? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's like, it's like, Eli's a part of it. Okay, has fighting mentally helped in other life areas? This is from Joseph Feely. Joseph Feely, where's this? Okay. Has a fighting mentality helped in mm. other life areas? <clears throat> um, <laughs> it, it has and it hasn't because, like, I feel, I feel that sometimes, like, the mentality of, of a fighter or, or, or of being in a fight or sometimes, like, the, the mental, like, uh, the mental techniques you, you develop and, and acquire like whilst you're fighting to be a fighter, sometimes they're at the detriment of, of everyday life because you don't need to be a fighter in everyday life. You don't need to have that on-off switch. You don't need to have that, that super high, super low sort of thing. I think we've mentioned on, a, on, a, on another episode, it's just like, like I find myself sometimes chasing the highs, like chasing the adrenaline, chasing the stimulus. And I have to like, I have to slow myself down during those times because it's very easy for me to like, to want to just push into those things such as like uh, playing video games too much or, or and e even s smaller things. Like I'll, I'll find a show that makes me happy that I'm watching and I'll just want to binge the whole thing and just keep chasing it and, and, and things like that. It's just, but it, it also has in a, in a sense that like, cause it, it's also been a good thing in a way because my perspective of hardships and harder events in my life have, uh, aren't as big a deal as, say, fighting a dude in an octagon, you know, being face-to-face -face with some dude that wants to beat you. You know, I can deal with those sort of things, those initial face-to-face -face problems, like, really well. It's just, yeah, it's just sometimes you don't need that mentality. Well, I think another thing with, um, like, I don't fight, but... I think something that I see with, with yourself and with other fighters is uh, because you're, you're tough, you're obviously tough and you obviously can, can fight and you obviously can get through stuff. A lot of the times things, in particular in regards to mental health, uh, being kind to yourself is not at the forefront. So it's not a situation where fighting that mentality is like you, you suck it up, you bite down in your mouth guard and you keep going forward. And a lot of the times that toughness is to your detriment. And, and and another thing, another thing is I think the archetype of people that perform at the top end in any sport or in any in in the corporate world or anything like that, that archetype of person is the kind of person that if you were to put them in a room by by themselves, like with a group of like say normal people, like the difference is huge. Like I see, I have this conversation with uh with our accountant Adnan, who's, who's a good friend of mine, and he was talking to. He, he, he had a, he, he's a very 
we want to have him on the podcast soon though he's a very driven person very very driven person and um very very highly successful as an accountant and whatnot and then you he was having a conversation with people and he can come across as very intimidating and very i don't know what the term is because he's actually a very nice guy but when you put any any person that's that kind of high level that archetype of person that that is aggressive and wants it and you put them next to people that are just maybe normal people go work nine to five don't they're cool they stand out so much because they they and i think like guys like adnan share those traits you know so i think um it probably helps in some areas of life just your resilience and all of that but i think there's a lot of detriments to it as well because to yourself you can't go through life white knuckling it and biting down on your mouth guard and going i'll muscle through this because you, there's things that you can't do with that in life, you know? So yeah. I think there's a bit of both. But I think overall it definitely does help. Yeah, certainly. But, yeah, like, good and bad. You know, there's pros and cons to it. This is uh, Mr. Sonun, $5, says, who do you think is the best collegiate wrestler ever? And, Rob, when are you going to accept my challenge, you big dozer, hashtag Fabolites Unite? <laughs> Unite, please. <laughs> Fabolites. Oh, you guys, cretins. You, uh, please, you, you start the, the, the first part of the answer the well, question. I, I think the first part, as far as who's the best collegiate wrestler ever, I don't, we didn't grow up in and around wrestling like that. Like, like I'll watch it sometimes and I'm sure you watch it as well. But I don't, I don't feel that, that I would be able to say, you know, this is the best wrestler ever because I, I didn't grow up in that culture for me to be able to say to you, Best collegiate wrestler ever. Best freestyle wrestler ever I, I like, me personally, is Bavisa Satyev, my opinion. Um, that's my opinion. People can go, no, he's not, blah, blah, blah. But that's my opinion. I don't know enough about collegiate wrestling because there are guys in collegiate wrestling that didn't necessarily do that well on the Olympic stage. And I won't know who they are. Do you get what I mean? Or, or I won't really understand, you know, what what they did. Obviously, I think you'd have to say Carl Sanderson. I think he went 159 and 0. Um, and then won a gold medal, you know, in the in um, in the Olympics. But there'd be a lot of other guys that that I'm, I don't know, you know, I don't know enough about collegiate wrestling. Having said that, I think that that folk style, that collegiate wrestling style, I think is phenomenal, and I think it's probably one of the best styles for um, the UFC and for MMA. In combat. Yeah. Do you want to answer that, Rob? No, nah, mate. <laughs> No, I'm going to leave you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I know much, much, much less about collegiate wrestling than you. And um, so I'm not, I'm going to. Gonna, What's the challenge? I'm going to nicely sidestep that question. What's the challenge? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know. Mr. Sonnet, oh, I'm pretty sure he, he's, he's in the Discord as well. He's one of the Discord guys. Um, <laughs> I think we put him in a timeout. For a little bit because he was talking too much shit. oh really <laughs> maybe but he's, he's a super active member he's a good guy but <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure we put him on a timeout <laughs> what's uh, that next one that um economy hey economy is a discord oh active is that discord. economy yeah he's an active economy. Discord guy as well. how rude of me not to read yours out Hey, Rob, what do you think about Nate, Nick Diaz saying he wants George in 2020? Also, say safe, boys. Um, what do I think about that? Is that Nick? I, I'd, I'd like to see... I'd like to see Nick come back. Like, I'm a big fan of Nick's work. 
I'd, I'd like to see him come back to MMA. I um, yeah, I, I, I think that would be a, like a, like a pretty like money fight because Nick's got a huge name in the game. What do you think about the fight itself? Uh, I think George is is still very dynamic. Like the way he looked against Nate was very good. But Nick's Nick, in my opinion, is like a he's a he's a he's a better. He's up there with some of the best. Ah, uh, oh man, I think I would I would lean towards Nick in that fight. Like I think Nick has has like a, the better hands. Like I think his skill sets suited for the five rounds, and I think he can avoid a lot of those those shots he was uh, that um George was landing on Nate. So I think I think Nick has the better hands of him and Nate. Like similar styles, but um I think Nick is just uh, just a uh, uh, like the better version. What about you? I, I think. Um, can George? Can Nick make the weight though? I, I was just going to say I don't know if he can even make the weight anymore. But um, I'd, I'd have to say that in that matchup, I think um, Nick Nick would probably match up better with George than Nate did. My opinion. Wait, wait, you're going too far. Just leave it there. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I think that, that Nick would probably uh, match up better with um, George than Nick <coughs> did, I think. I think he's fought... I don't know where he's at in his career, though. Do you get what yeah, I mean? Cause he hasn't. It's, I have to go with George just because George has got runs on the board. He's got form. Um, he's someone that I can look at and go, this is what he's been doing. Um, Nick's been out for too long, and that in, a, in and of itself, I believe, is a bit of an enigma for me. But he's fought... Guys like Anderson Silva, he's and he did well, you know, in his primarily yeah. stand-up fight, and that was quite a few years ago, you know. Um, when was that? Was that like 2016? I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but it was years ago. Yeah, super, it was years, years ago. Super long, yeah. And um, then I see like just old school fights that he had with back in the day with KJ Noons, Paul Daly, big punches, Lola. big athletic punches, Lawler, and. Uh, he he did well in those fights too, you know. Mm. So, but having said that, so does George Masvidal. Yeah, you know, the, the and he's got form. Like, he's got form too. I have to say that. What do you think, Elo? Has he come out to say that he wants to fight him? I thought he came out and said that they don't know where they got that from. That he was disappointed that people were saying that. I thought that's what I. What do you I, think, anyways? In that. Um, no, I think George is more active these days, and that the yeah. same thing. I don't know if that before them fights that he's had has taken a toll on him and that as well. Um, yeah, I'm just not too sure if he'll be the same fighter that he was and how long has he been. And he's well, obviously, he's either. still active. He yeah, still trains every day. He's I was still. Just that too. He's not young. How old would he be now? 36. Yeah. yeah. I know he still stays active and trains and that, but um, no, I think it's just a different time now, different fighters. Uh, Derek at Liano says How would Rob react if Bruce Buffer introduces him as the biracial angel? Um, negatively. What, what would you do? Me. Bruce Buffer can fight. I just, I just sit down and put my he hands. Can, you know. Yeah, I know. But you know the story about him and Frank Trigg. I don't know if it's true or not, but I know the story. What him and Frank Trigg had a had dig. a punch up in the in the um, in the elevator, and he hit Frank Trigg with a body shot and collapsed him. I don't know if it's true, but I'm just telling the story. Frank Trigg, if it's not true, I'm just relaying the message. Don't shoot the messenger. And Frank Trigg is a much better wrestler than you. <laughs> Why'd you bring me into it? Yeah. Because if Bruce, but I'm just saying to you, what would, what, like, what, how would you react dog. negatively? What would you do? You're a dog. You wouldn't be able to take Bruce Buffer down, and you certainly can't strike with him. You're a dog. So what does that leave you? 
<laughs> You're a real piece of shit. <laughs> Just tell me what you think will you do? Like, hey, what would you do? I'd, I'd freeze and just cower. Hands on in the lift with him or is this in the octagon if he said something? Uh, in the octagon. I, I don't know what I'd do. That's such a stupid thing to do. He's a professional. Uh, man, I think he'd start swinging. You'd shoot blindly for a takedown. He'd sprawl. Just break your ribs <laughs> with body shots. I don't. <laughs> Who was that other guy we were talking about that you wouldn't be able to beat if he fought? Yeah. Paul Logan. Paul Logan. That guy, that Logan guy would Paul? smash you. Was it Logan Paul? Is it Logan Paul? Paul Logan's a crocodile. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, Paul Hogan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Paul, Paul Hogan. Hogan. Paul Hogan. <laughs> Logan Paul. He Logan would smash Paul. you too. No, He'd he wouldn't. He would. He'd take you down, hold you down. Easy. No problems. He had a wrestling backer. That you found out this morning. You don't know who he is. Uh, who know. is he? <laughs> He's that YouTuber. Oh, are they the guys who just had a boxing yeah, fight yeah, on the yeah, weekend? Yeah. So I, I don't understand. I like I got the. But he's a wrestler too, and now he's got. He can punch and he can hit. But hard. why is he famous on YouTube? I think he was like a Disney guy <coughs> that went to YouTube. I don't know. Like, and the other guy? He's a YouTuber as well. Okay. It was like a YouTube fight. Yeah, and it, it, it was huge. The yeah, undercard, I, I, Billy Joe Saunders, and that was on their undercard. Like, are you serious? Yeah. I, yeah. I, he was I, on their undercard. Billy Joe and that. Yeah. He's such a good boxer, guy. Yeah. I, I finished think, him in the. I think tent, that was like the most like eyes on the sport that has ever been in like the last like a while no yeah. it wouldn't have been as big as mcgregor and no it wasn't as big as that but it's it was up there yeah i don't think it was as big as like widler and and that as well but it's up there it was up there they said i didn't even know they fought but anyways that's yep. the answer um broken ribs and a severed severed <laughs> liver He'll destroy your liver. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> He'll tear your liver to bits. Seven liver. What makes you happiest in life? Support from the US legend. This is from Noggin Fodder. Thanks, Noggin Fodder, for the support. Um, so what makes you happiest in life? My happiest... <clears throat> like... Just... Sorry, can you, can you stay on that one, Eli, on the green one? Just go, go up. Uh, what makes me happiest, like... Like what I'm like my life now is, is my happiest. Like that's my happiest. Like making sure my family's looked after, having the house big enough for my family, you know, not stressing about finances and things like that. Uh, training, being healthy, bettering my skill set, working with Fab and Eli and, and Dave on the podcast. Like I'm living a life that, that where I feel I'm happiest, you know, and um we we've spoken about this before about our drives and things like that. And I, I, I've come to, the, like, I've recently worked out what my drive is and, like, what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to achieve and stuff. And to be honest, I have it. Like, I have my drive. I just want to sustain it, you know. And, um, and, and yeah, you know, I, I, I have everything I, I, I want in life. I have a question then for you. Yeah. If you have everything you want in life, which you probably didn't, and that was one of the driving forces that was pushing you, whether inadvertently or otherwise, to fight. What are the, your new reasons to fight? Yeah. Did you struggle with that? Like, because you know they say it's hard to get up motivated and go running when you have wake up in silk sheets. Now you never did any running, nor do you sleep in silk sheets. But you understand the analogy. I run. That was that was rude. <laughs> that was very fucking rude. Come on. <laughs> um, no, you know um. Honestly, I feel better for it because 
now that I know what my drive is and I know what my what I want, like I don't need to do things that don't that 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 won't help me keep what I have. I don't need to do the extras. I don't need to chase the dollar anymore because I know how much I need to to survive. Um, and my 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 biggest thing with fighting at the moment is like I'm I'm a highly competitive guy. Like I, and that's just what I am, and I enjoy fighting. I love the game, I love getting in there. I love the thrill, I love the feeling after the fight. It's um, that's kind of why I do what I do, you know. And I, I can make a living off it. I can support my my lifestyle at the moment, which is which is my drive, and uh, that's that's a big part of it. Like that, those all those factors, in 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 one. So I was never like. For me especially, I was never that sort of guy that had nothing in the morning and woke up and was like, I'm going to go jogging so that I can be the best ever and, and get this and just... Like, I was never that guy anyway. Like, I never thought I would be in the UFC. I, did, I never thought that... Even when I made the UFC, I didn't think I'd stay in there. Like, I was... I just remember to myself when I won the Osman fight, I was like, well, I got a contract for three fights. That's 60 grand... <laughs> like and I was stoked. I was stoked with that. Like that was it. Like I was so happy with that. But um you know, that's just a mentality I've had to kind of change and grow grow out of, you know. So like so I guess where I'm going with this is that I, I that was never a big part of who I was anyway. I was never that sort of guy that just was chasing the title like I'm going to be a champion one day. I was never that guy. I just love doing what I do and I'm good at it. Awesome. Despite being one of the best in the world, do you still have a favourite current fighter from a fan's perspective? If so, who? That's from Jacob Tumuth. And I believe that question is for Eli. <laughs> Let's all hit it. You guys start. No, no, I've got to think you. about it. No, we can all do it. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun question, a fun team question. Okay, I'm just going to shout out Tones2 for donating $5. You're a champion. Dash two. Tones-2. Tones-2. <laughs> um, uh, you start it because I, I want to think about it a little bit. Best, uh, uh, I'm a fan of so many fighters, man, and unfortunately, sometimes like um, there's there's a lot of those guys that yeah, have ended up fighting. Like I think um, Jacare to me is, is. I didn't know if you were going for me or him in that fight. No, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't quite that bad. But I'll tell you something. By, by nature, I don't I don't get photos with people or anything. But not now, ever. You know, I never did that ever in my in my life. Um, but I was in Brazil in 2009 for. Um, for the uh, Abu Dhabi trials I was watching, and I was actually training in Brazil at the time. And uh, I saw Jacare at the trials, and he's like, out of all celebrities too, by the way, he's the only person I've ever asked for a photo. And I asked him for a photo, and he was like super cool, and I was like, fuck, this guy's a champion. But I was always followed his career, and um, I, I was always a big fan. Romero's another person I was always, always a big fan of. Um, and I'm just saying guys that are kind of like my age, kind of older, uh, Nogueira as well, the uh, and 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 just being able to meet them as well, like when we met Nogueira in Japan. Yeah, that was cool because we were in like a relaxed setting and we could just talk yeah. as like equals. And you know they say to you like never meet your heroes because they end up fucked. You know, <laughs> um, that's happened to me as well, like with people. Um, but those guys, I have to say, like they they were he, he, like Romero. Of course, you've had those crazy wars with him and that, but like he. When you deal with him, he is a gentleman. Do you know what I mean? He he really mm -hmm. is, and um, and Jacare was as well, and Nagera was as well. The guy I didn't get to meet was Fedor, 
Um, but there's so many guys. There's so many that, guys that I'm like, uh, mm. Demetrius Johnson. I've yeah. got to meet him. Jacare was a guy that um, when the whole lead up and the shaking hands and the face off and, and all that, in, in dealings with him for our fight the entire time, that was honestly the, the the fight at the top of the list where I was like, this is a proper fight. Like this is this is a fight of honor. Like we're gonna go in there as athletes, as killers, as as fighters. We're gonna we're gonna leave our hearts in there. We're gonna we're gonna exchange things, and then afterwards we're gonna be friends because, like that's what this game is. And you know, like that honestly, it's like it's probably like one of the most honorable fights I've I've ever had. Yeah, he he was he was a fucking stud, you know, and he. Like, he was hurt real bad, you know, like, um, and I, I, I'm not going to lie, like, I did feel bad. Like, I felt, like, fucking, like, bad when he, when, when he got, like, obviously, I was going for Rob, and obviously, some fucking <laughs> thing, but... You're not selling me on it, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, man, he went out on his shield, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it was a stage there where he, he wasn't going to win it, but, but he, he just kept, kept coming forward. He, he was a dangerous guy, so I, I think, to me, like... That era as well, like, because I, uh, Arona, Ricardo Arona, Vandalay, um, who else? Like, so many guys, especially that fought in that, in that, Mark Hunt. That era. Yeah, Mark Hunt. Um, yeah, heaps of those dudes have fought in that, in that era. I, I like the Klitschko brothers. I know they're not MMA guys, but I like them. I think they're cool. Like, they don't, they're just who they are, you know what I mean? Um, from that era, that particular era, I think that that thing. Please speak freely. Um, I've never, I've never looked up to a lot of fighters. Like I've never. I don't watched, necessarily look up to them. I'm just saying, I'm a fan yeah, of their fight. Yeah. Um, well, I've never really been a big fan of the game. Like I wasn't a fan of the game when I was growing up. It's like I've, <coughs> to be honest, like I've, I've, I've become more of a fan of the game now. Like in recent months, in recent years. Uh, so I, I never really, I, watching it when I was a kid wasn't wasn't optional. Like we never could never pay for them. Didn't ha like internet wasn't super accessible when I was a kid as well. So like couldn't watch them online. Like I, I grew up watching remember on Fox Sports too. Like watching like Par Fight a lot. Um, but I was a big fan of Zambitas. Zambitas. <laughs> like I just like, I was a fan of Par, but. Um, like I, I don't know, I just I just liked watching Zambini. He's just like a, such a little stud nugget sort of guy, and he just box up these kickboxes and then flying knee people. Like <laughs> it was just so good. We we were talking here like you're yeah, a fan of yeah. I loved him. Yeah, I loved watching him. I, I I just loved watching him fight. I was like, yeah, I love watching him fight. Uh, in terms of like MMA sort of fan of styles, like I I, I love the Diaz brothers, like particularly Nick. Like I I just. Love his attitude. Love the way he fights. He's like real raw, even though like <clears throat> he's a bit rough around the edges. But I think that's just him. Like it's not fake. He's he's what you what you see is what you get sort of guy. I like those like straight guys. Obviously, massive fan of Mark Hunt. Love watching him fight as well. Like those things. But I like the Diaz brothers a lot because uh, I think they're they're just great fighters. I love like even when I see them at, at shows and stuff and. Every time, every time I see, I've only ever ran into Nate. I think, I think a couple of times. And I, every time I see him, I go, "Mate, big fan." <laughs> he fucking gets upset every time. What's he saying? He just he goes, "Yeah, fuck off." He goes, "I'm a fan of your work." He's a he's a cool cat. Is he, is he a nice guy? Yeah, we've met him. I wasn't there. Oh, um, I've met. I actually have been like real near him, 
and I've, I've spoken like Nick's been speaking, but I'm always like, I don't know, you know, when people like, you know, their reputation, maybe they'll hit you. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't fight, so <laughs> I'm not going to approach them. No. And, and they're fit and they're fast runners too, so they'll and probably they catch them. So they're always yeah, they'll ready. Yeah, catch you. Learn C or A. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, no, no, but no, that, I'm a fan of them as well. Yeah, um, especially that I, I really like guys that that were fighting in that in that era, like George Saint Pierre, of course, you know. Mm. Um, but you know, it's funny you mentioned the K1. I like um, I like all those guys from K1 as well. Like I like uh, Remy Bajanski, um, Ernesto Hust, um, Andy Hug, or uh, mm. who God, I don't know how to say his name properly, um, Peter Ertz. That's another guy that like. I've only, I've only been starstruck a couple times in my life, like proper starstruck. I didn't know it was a thing until I, it happened to me. And you guys are probably the same. Like you, like in, until you get starstruck, you're like you're just fucking blown away. Uh, George, meeting George Saint Pierre for the first time, I was starstruck. Like pretty starstruck. Like he's George Saint Pierre, the biggest guy, and biggest name in the fucking fighting world. You know, and this was like back when I was a tricep, so he was still kind of active. He was still active at the time. So um, that that blew me away, and he's another guy that was is like, like top bloke, like top top guy. Like his English is rough, but but he's a he's a <laughs> very very cool cat, very cool, and he always looks good when he trains. He's like his outfit always suits and matches. <laughs> he always looks great. But um, spandex. He's always the other dude that like spandex was, George. <laughs> the, the other dude that I was like starstruck, and this is. Going on a tangent here, but I was proper starstruck where, like, I was shaking a little bit. <laughs> like, it blew me away. Was Arnold Schwarzenegger? When did you meet him? At the fitness expo. He came oh, around yeah. to the stalls and I shook his hand. <laughs> he goes, Nice to meet you. <laughs> I was fucking blown away. Like, I, I, it's never happened to me like that ever before in my life. And, like, it just blew me away. Even thinking about it now is blowing me away. Did you see that in, in, I think it was in South Africa, where the kid drop kicked him in the back? Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I did. Heard about it. That's bull, fucking he jumped up and he was all right with it, wasn't he? I, I don't know. He wasn't. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I've seen why, it. I don't. Why did he do that? Uh, probably some sort of protest, I'm assuming. Or maybe he's <coughs> just mad. I don't know. What about you, Eloy? Um. And I, if you I'm, don't have a favourite, like, have you ever been starstruck? It's on the back of I don't know if I've been, yeah, starstruck a little bit. It's funny, people were starstruck, me, oh, Johnny Lewis. I loved meeting him on the, on the podcast. Can I interject with one yep. thing? It's funny because people that I've been starstruck for, like over, I don't know what the term is, they're not those people generally. It's like, yeah. like what you said, like someone like Johnny Lewis or someone like that, more likely for me. Yeah, I, I, I had to get a photo with him and I just had so much respect for him, but... um. Fighters, I, I loved like Jose Aldo. Um, was a big fan of uh, Vanderlei Silva. Do you know what I mean love the way he fought and that? I, I, I really like some uh, quirky guys as well. I really like Joe Lazon. I liked him as a fighter. I don't know why. I like Jim Miller. Um, uh, boxers, Evander Holyfield. I loved him the most. Do you know what I mean I still like watching anything when he speaks and that Evander Holyfield and that. But um. Nathan Corbett was an Australian fighter yeah, yeah, that yeah. I used to love watching. Kind fight. I yeah, like, I liked watching him a lot too. He used to just shred people up with elbows, so I used to love him. But um, yeah, active fighters now, obviously yourself, I'm a big fan of. Mark Hunt is now recently retired, but or is, has he retired? He'll never retire. <laughs> yeah, yeah he'll be back. I think, but I think everyone's a fan <laughs> of watching watching Mark Hunt fight. So there's some certain fighters that everyone 
you know what I mean? It doesn't matter who you are, you can be my grandmother and you would like to watch, do you know what I mean, some of them yeah. guys fight. So, But, yeah, I also like some corky ones, like I said, like Joe Lozon and stuff like that. I've always been it's a fan of ears. him. You're attracted to his ears. No, he was just he was just a strange dude, but he used to go out there and just fight. Like yeah, he didn't look like fight. a fighter yeah. or anything like that. He had really good jits. He got some really good <laughs> submissions. Um, he would stand there and, and bang really well. Um, yeah, I was al- always a big fan of him. I don't know. But, yeah, and then just other fighters who hold themselves really well. Always thought Jose Jose Aldo was a champion. Oh, Demetrius always, Johnson, always a huge fan of Jose Aldo. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean them guys? So them guys, I I always really respected, and and that was sort of the same with boxing. I thought uh, Evander Holyfield was that similar type of character. Do you know what I mean didn't talk much, but did people, his talking in the ring? And people kind of forget how long like Jose Aldo just dominated the game, yeah. as well as like Hennon Burrell, like guys like, yeah. that, like how long they truly like just dominated the game. Yeah, long time. Do you so know who, who I'm kind of like, I, I would, I think like if I, I want to meet and I, I'd, I'd uh, you know, Ash Barty, the tennis player? Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely like that. that's someone that, that I'd be so interested to, I don't know if I'd be starstruck like, oh, like that, but I'd definitely like, I'd love to hear that story. Do you know what I mean? Yep. The whole, the whole, the whole deal. Um, and I think like. I watch now, like, not so much MMA stuff. Yeah, like, of course, there's some fantastic people in that, and I love I love watching them fight. Um, I watch the NBA a little bit in that, and there's guys like um, like Luka Doncic at the moment. Like, yeah. I look at that, and I think, like, this that, that story is so super interesting, like playing professionally, moving away from your family at 13, playing in Spain. Dude, and, like, a lot of those European players are guys that grew up in Europe um, that can speak, like, three, four, five languages. Like, Kobe Bryant can speak, like, four languages. Yeah, because oh, he did travel around, didn't he? he I think his As dad was military? playing... military? No, no, his dad was playing in Italy. Oh, okay. His dad was a basketball player. All oh, right. You just just throw whatever story you want out there. Like. Sorry, mate. Oh. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he can speak, like, the, he can speak, like, three, four, five languages, and it's, like, stuff like that that I look at, and I... I like, that story, like, yeah. trips me out, you know? Like, um, so there's a, there's a lot of those stuff. Uh, a lot of the times, like... Honestly, someone, I guess because I get to work with athletes, like not just fighters, but football players and other things like the fact that you're a good fighter or that you're a good football player or a good soccer player or whatever, it doesn't interest me as much as how you carry yourself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you've been blessed with talent. Oh, good for you. You know what I mean? Oh, I work hard. Yeah, you work hard. But I've been around enough talented people to know that they can just, they can work as hard as 20 other guys that don't have the same amount of talent and they're going to just, you know, explode because they're gifted for it. Um, me and, I don't know, Carlos Santana can practice the same amount of guitar and he's going to be better. Another guy, I think, if I met Santana, I'd be... Um, He'd be starstruck. I'd be starstruck, for sure. You know, for sure. Um, so you just being good at something isn't enough in, for me, you know, to be like starstruck. Oh, fuck, you know, it's fantastic. I think like if I know the story and, and the way they carry themselves and that and what they do with that profile and what they do with that platform, that impresses me. The rest, like you're a fast runner, good for you, man. Yeah. You know, good, good for you. You run sub 10s, mad, awesome. But that doesn't thing. But some dudes, uh, are, like, I, I like what they do, you know? Yeah, yep. Um, when we were down Melbourne, I got to see Matt Sarah. I don't know why, but I felt a little bit that with him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it, he's just a cool dude, eh? Yeah, he and, is. Um, sometimes I guess he it, now with his coaching and everything like that. I guess I always enjoy people. Do you know what I mean? Well, coaches and that because they sort of influence the next people coming through. Mm. He his team sort of 
Um, I guess with Chris Weidman and the other guys who fight in that sort of team, they're all really respectful in that as well, and I respect that. So, yeah. Um, the dark, is it the dark, the, the dark, dark ice, the dark ice triple five? Uh, yo, Robin Fab, what are your thoughts on meditation? Speak on it, um, Yeah, so uh, I guess I, I've uh, I've recently, recently like started really taking. Uh, an interest in my mental health and, and, and just understanding that aspect of, of my health and, and meditation is a, is a great way that I've started like really utilizing to try and slow down my brain because <laughs> uh, a lot goes up, a lot goes on upstairs and sometimes it can, can get quite cluttered up there. So it's, it's, it's good for, it's a good way for me to, to just slow everything down. You know, I think, and I think that's like the, the whole purpose of it is just like, manually slow down your brain so um i don't i don't i i haven't reached the stages where i can meditate for long periods of time because it, it's hard work meditating because <laughs> my mind just wants to go off and and do its own thing but uh you know it's it's yeah i, I i've been i've been enjoying it you know and um i'm just i'm just plugging away with it what about yourself Ed? i think um I, I honestly i strongly recommend it and uh, there's great apps that you can do uh, guided meditation with uh, like Headspace, I think that that's a really good one, and it helps you. It's very hard when you're beginning to do it. It's very hard for you to actually understand even what's going on because a lot of it is like you think, oh, I've got to clear my mind and da da da. But it's actually, it's not how it works. It's more about you being able to, like, stop, relax, slow down, follow, uh, go with your breathing, and then work your way through that. There's been a lot of studies that show like the size of the amygdala has been is is made smaller, and um, that's what has the, the effects. I'm not, this is not my fucking area of expertise, by the way. But that has the effects on your relationship with like cortisol and adrenaline. And it's what sends you into like anxiety or panic. And yeah, it's chemical imbalances in your brain at the end of the day. And a lot of that comes from you, you, like you feel there's so much clutter in your life. There's so many things in your life so much and so little space. The best thing I can equate it to is like if you don't know any jujitsu or any grappling whatsoever and somebody gets you inside control that the dude's on inside control and you can't you can't move like you, you don't know what to do but if you know a little bit of jujitsu and the more jujitsu you know exponentially gets better but if you know a little bit of jujitsu you can start to bump your hips and get your arms in and all of a sudden if the guy's not really good so if the problem's not really big it's actually not that big of a deal if someone's got you inside control and and they're not good you're going to find that there's actually quite a bit of space. You're able to bump your hips, move, get an underhook, and, and you're gone. And I, I think that's the best way you can equate it to because, like, you start to stop your, stop your day to have that, that, um, that time for your mind, and it starts to unclutter a lot of things, and you, it, you don't even realize it. The other thing I think to begin with, which is how it helped me a lot in, in into, medita into meditation, was, like, the dialectical behavioral therapy. So... We don't do, this is all credit to Tim, by the way, Tim Wharton. You can see him, uh, he's got a PhD and he's, he's the one that does a lot of stuff for, for our team, for Rob, for myself. Um, he's the one that put us on. He's been on podcasts before and hopefully we'll have him on podcasts again. But that's like, say for example, people don't paint anymore. People don't, don't do stuff where it's like uh, you might paint or you might do something completely different where your mind is not no longer working and you're concentrating just on on that particular experience and that's probably my opinion an easier gateway into meditation and whatnot 
because it allows you to be doing something and you're not you're not actually thinking about about anything else painting is very good coloring in remember Juan in the in the house mm. and he'd seen a psychologist and he would paint he'd, he'd color in and he'd be able to focus and relax himself by coloring in and doing stuff doing very very simple basic stuff like that and that's a i think a really good gateway into meditation but i think any of that stuff that helps slow you down reduce the size you know re reduce your amygdala how active your amygdala is is massive mm -hmm. any thoughts on it eli oh i know i know i need to slow down sometimes <coughs> like myself i would like to be able to have more time where i think do you know what I mean by i know i need to make time but do something like that i enjoy coloring in and painting and stuff like that we did a um a little thing ago a little while ago just a tafe where we just painted a rock do you know what i mean and i haven't felt so chilled out in a long time so yeah i think it's just as important do you know what i mean as your physical health you got to look after your mental health but um sometimes you can get sort of caught up and think you don't have time for it while well, you need to make time and it's a learned skill as well like yeah. when i started doing it it was it was difficult like to and then you, you start doing it and you're like ah, da, da, da. but it's, it's a learned skill and now i'm kind of at a stage where if I, one day or two goes without me doing either dialectical behavioral stuff or, or meditation itself I, I feel the difference and when i when i string a few months together of it and now i've been going pretty well but i honestly feels like the best way i can describe it is it feels like i got more time in the day and i can't explain it because it just recently happened after probably two years of me doing it properly it just feels like i've got more time in the day like usually i'd be sitting here going all right i've got to do the podcast and then as soon as i got the podcast i've got to call this person and then i've got to call that person and then on the way home i've got to do this right so i'm not present whereas now mm. i'm i'm just here and i'm just doing the podcast and i still got other shit to do but i'm not my amygdala is not running out of control with 20 things I've got to do. Like, it's just, I can't explain it. It just feels like I've got more time. Yeah. That's my thoughts. Hmm. Uh, this is from MNBB879. Rob, what's a life experience outside of fighting that made you uncomfortable and how did you deal with it? Great question. Great question. Where do I, where do I start? Um... What level of uncomfort do you think he means, Fab? Uncomfortable, like sad, angry, uncomfortable. Um, let me think on that one. Let me think on that one. That's, that's a tricky one. I think We're going to come back to that one. Yeah, I've got to think of an experience. Um, hey, Rob. Would you rather fight Kelvin or Till? And can the Strangle Squad get a shout out? Shout out the Strangle Squad. I believe they want the shout out from you, though. Shout out Strangle Squad. And this is Mo Five Pounds. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I'm really interested in that in in the in a Till fight. Uh, I'd love to fight him in in London in next year. Um, we were talking about it today. I think um, now a, a big part of the of fighting and doing what I do and being on the international stage is enjoying the ride, you know, enjoying the experience, enjoying traveling and, and going to new cities and going to new countries to, 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 to fight, to, to, to work, to make a living. So um, I've never been to London, would love to go, would love to fight there, would love to fight Till. I think that's a good fight. Is, that a, a, is fight. that a personal thing where you want to fight Till in particular? No, it's, it's not personal, like, 
but I want to fight in London. Like, and he's <laughs> like, and he's kind of my ticket in there. <laughs> so, 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 um, so, so, no offense, Till, but let's, let's fight in London. That'd be cool. Like, oh, what do you think of Till as a fighter? I think he's a great fighter. I thought that last <laughs> fight was super technical. I think it was very smart. It's very smart. I like the way. He carries himself. I think I mentioned it the other He's week. He's disarmingly honest. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and I, I like that. I like, I like straight cats. Like, I like guys. You see, what you see is what you get, sort of thing. And uh, he reminds me of like the characters in Peaky Blinders. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I, I just like him. He's just savvy. He's cool. Um, and I, I think he's like. I, I was watching a. I actually shared the thing on Facebook. I don't share a lot of stuff on social media, but I shared something that that he like he was speaking about like because you know he lost two of his fights mm. and um and uh people obviously everyone's a fucking coach and everyone's a, a sure. an expert and uh they're criticizing him criticizing his coach because he lost to george masvidal like that's a fucking like horrendous thing to do you know what i mean <laughs> and uh who else was the other guy he lost to uh tyrone yeah uh, uh, all right, so fucking you lose to Woodley and Masvidal and all of a sudden you shit. Like, all right, buddy. <laughs> and the guy comes up to him and says to him, um, oh, you got knocked out in your last fight. Right, some guy. And Till's like, I'm about to knock you out in a second. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I, I, I don't know, you know, and I, I just like, and it's honestly, it's, it's that 1% of people that, uh, that 2% do. no no it's gone down I looked at the analytics it's gone down <laughs> yeah the number that's right <laughs> we're about down to about 1% maybe even less you know and uh, is that because our, our following's gotten bigger no I just think like like it, it kind of polices itself <laughs> but but you know like I, I see I see like uh, some of the comments like and, and some of the comments that we've received and the other day I saw the, I saw some comments on, on the thing and I was like, look at this, you know, idiot, you blah, 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 blah. And, and my wife's like, just, just look him up because I bet, uh, like, he's an idiot. I don't think, my wife doesn't actually speak like that. I don't think she's, she said, oh, he's, he's an idiot. I don't think, but she said, just look him up, mm. you know. And I looked the guy up and I showed you. <laughs> I showed you. And, like, I was angry at the start of it. I'm going to show you. Remind me to show you at the end okay. of this. <clears throat> I, I, I honestly thought about posting it on here. The, the clip but i didn't but i went from angry at the guy and i usually the social media i don't even read it you know yeah. i don't even watch it i don't even read it but i went from angry at the guy and then i looked through his social media and i felt sorry for him and then i felt sad and then i showed it to alex Prates, like and he was like same 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 thing like he was like sad yeah it, so, was, it was real, real sad. Well, got sad. Yeah, you know who you are. Your form is crap. <laughs> and it's, it's, I saw the clip. It's yeah, terrible. It's sad, you know what I mean? Like, so um, I guess in answer to... You almost lost to a boxing bag. <laughs> Auntie Panty, uh, $4, <laughs> says, Hey, Rob, are you interested in fighting Kelvin Gaston next? I guess that question was just answered. Yeah, by just answered. Uh, I am interested in fighting Kelvin one day because I feel like we have to run it like... Yeah, like he, that fight is destined for me. <laughs> but um, but like I said, I want to tick it into Europe. So, sorry. Um, Jake is obviously a very very astute man. Fab, you're remarkably good looking. <laughs> I like how he's he got just Jake. <laughs> yeah, and says Fab, you're remarkably good looking. My mum always said I was a special little guy. Um, moving right along. Uh, Jack Carmichael says, if Romero were to beat Izzy, how would he do it? 
first of all, would Romero beat Izzy? I don't know. Who knows? It's, what do you think? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Um, like, I think Izzy has a skill set to keep him at bay and just poke him until he wins. But um, I can also see Romero flying in there with his big sledgehammer hands and landing one on him. So you know, I think Izzy can beat him. I, I think, think you can definitely I beat him. I think Romero can beat him. You know? That's a game, though. Eh? That, yeah, that's it at the, the highest levels. Like, there's no one-sided fights at this level. Um, Rob, what do you think of up-and-comer Edmund Shabazian style and his potential? Can't wait for your next fight, brother. P.S. Fab, does anyone say you look like Vin Diesel? <laughs> Hashtag Fab Toretto. <laughs> I think I'm more... Dave Chappelle than Vin Diesel. Uh, no, who are you kidding, dude? You're definitely. I think I look more like Dave Chappelle, to be you're, honest. You're, no, 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 no. You're, you're Vin Diesel's stunt double. Vin unleaded. <laughs> um, what do you think of uh, Shabazian's style? I haven't seen a lot of his. I haven't seen a lot of him fight. I saw him fight, man. He's he, he just is, knocked out Tavares. He is good. He's the guy yeah. that knocked out Tavares oh, that with that with that yeah. Yeah. high kick. I missed that fight. I missed that fight. I'll um I'll make a note though to to look into him for you. He he's got good stand up. Only young, yep. Up and twenty one years old, fucking can box. Undefeated. Good. Yep. Fucking real good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not wrong. I wish I was, but I'm not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what about going back to that question about what makes you uncomfortable? Oh. It doesn't have to be in fighting. It could have been growing up. Could oh, have been no, no, here's a fun one. Um, so I was up the street the other day, and um, these school kids were having, like, a bit of a thing, like a, a, like a fight. You know how the school kids fight? Um, there's, there's usually, like, a bigger group picking on, like, one guy or maybe two guys, and they're swearing at him. And then, like, as it was happening, I was, like, right there. And then, like, the, one of the kids from the big group come over and then they, they were, like, swearing at each other in close proximity. And then... How many kids? Uh, it would have been a... It was like a group, but it was just... It was like one guy and all these hangers on. Like, one guy was, like, the dude who wanted to fight, I guess. Against? One other guy. Oh, so there's a group of them picking on one guy? Well, I don't think the whole group was picking on anything. It was just, like, one guy trying to start a fight with one guy and this guy had all his friends and hangers on, like, yeah. watching. And um, he, he walked up to him and they were like, they were close to each other and they were like, sw- he was swearing at him and then, he, and then they, he jumped at him and started swinging and they got into a little fisty cuffs and I was so uncomfortable being there, so uncomfortable because like, because of just the atmosphere of fighting, I got an adrenaline spike. Like just it's just it's just a natural response for me. The fight was going on, I got an adrenaline spike and I was sitting there and I started like, it's funny when it happens because, like, I was just. This is after training, so I was very tired. Um, usually, I'm just moping around after training, and I was like, "Oh, the escalator." Or during this. Come on, man. <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, I was just like chilling, and then it started going on. And as the fight's picking up, like. And my adrenaline starts to go up. My my back straightens out. I start staunching like, and I was, and like I was on the escalator up as it was happening on the ground floor. And I hopped hopped on the escalator back down. <laughs> to go. And, and what happened? I didn't even know. Like that's just how uncomfortable it was for me because I didn't know what I would have done. <laughs> like, would you intervene if they but, were all jumping on one kid? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. But it wasn't kind of like that. I felt like jumping. Like I didn't really know what to do. I felt like jumping in and being like, 
cut it out, you little shits. I'll fucking smash his all. <laughs> but then I was like, who am I? Fucking Superman. What would you do if one of them just chinned you? <laughs> one of those, you know, those little yeah. fat kids that look like I'd seals? Sh- yeah. If you just took. Yeah, I'd shoot a shit single you taught me. <laughs> It was a back bent and head down, bum up. <laughs> bum up, head down, scraping along the pavement. I a terrible single. Um, um, what about growing up, Rob? Were there situations when you were growing up that perhaps, like, due to economics or whatnot, that made you feel really uncomfortable? Uh, yeah, there were heaps of... There were heaps of situations in, in high school, like, where... Like, where I would feel uncomfortable. Because I, I, I grew up in the housing commission, so I was quite... Like I didn't have a ton of cash, and like my my clothes were generally like secondhand clothes from from like you know they had the school had a had like a a secondhand store that you could buy stuff from on like a, a given Wednesday or something, and like going in there and then coming up with a shirt that's four sizes too big, sometimes would be like. And you'd have to wear that to school. Yeah, or like or and, and was that was that clothing from other kids from the school? Yeah. So you would buy clothing from other kids from the school? Yeah, second-hand clothing. Second-hand, from the school? Yeah, second-hand school clothing. And so then you'd wear it and the kid might see you wearing it? Well, I, I hope not. <laughs> I think, generally, I think they were kids from, like, who graduated because they were always way too big. They were kids that graduated that, like, sold or donated their clothes to the school or whatever. Or if they don't, I, I'm, I'm, now that I'm older, I'm thinking about it, like, if they donated it, the school's a fucking stingy piece of shit for reselling it to us. Like, that's fucking pathetic. But, but maybe they paid for it. Maybe they paid for it off the kids. Who knows? But, yeah, I remember, like, I remember not owning a school jacket and, like, going in there and buying one and coming out with it. I was just stoked out of the jacket. But it was, what, like, six sizes too big. And it was faded. <laughs> and, like, this is in year seven. So and that like, would and, and your school, to be fair, wasn't, like, a... Because the school I went to was in a, in a very disadvantaged area. I went to Ashcroft High School. Yeah. So that wouldn't have stood out. But the school you went to... Yeah, and that's, a, that's, that, that, that's like one of the funny things like I think about now. is Because um, like, I, I went to Riverwood Primary, uh, uh, Riverwood Public School. And everyone there was Housing Commission, just about. Like, it was, it was weird if you weren't. Like, that's just how it was. And then around the age of 10-ish... I uh, to Menai, and Menai is like a very, very middle class to upper class sort of area. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a white middle class. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an island. Like there's there's no train stations, which would be like an indicator instantly that like, like you need a car to live here, sort of thing. Um, so, and there was just there was just one area of housing <coughs> commission. In, there was like the six hundred one housing commission. So it was like a housing commission townhouse block. And then there was like Bradman and stuff that had some housing commission down there on the back of it. And uh, like the, the, the stigma that followed me of just like being a house followed me from primary school all the way through to high school, which obviously I developed a lot of insecurities and different things. Like but in that. particular, specifically to you feeling uncomfortable were situations like when you wore, um, when, you, when you bought those secondhand clothing at school. Yeah, like the initial thing, because eventually like people would just get over it. And then that you're not fun to tease anymore. But the the initial, sometimes they wouldn't even tease me. I just feel like a little a little funny, you know. Um, yeah, just 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 stigma stuff like that. Like it's just yeah, it's just just it's just kids are cruel, man. Kids are cruel. And then the thing is, like because I had that, because I had that like that insecurity about 
you know, being a house and things like that. And like the kids didn't help me get over it. <laughs> Fucking punish me with it. I, I, I just, you just end up sticking with just the, with that sort of group. But then I got into a few schoolyard fights and then. Were you a big kid? No, nah, I was never, I was never outrageously big. Like I, but I wasn't small and, and spindly because I played football my whole life and, and, um, and, and did, did martial arts. But, yeah, I, I got into a fair few schoolyard fights. Did the, did you, was that an outlet for you? No, well, I wouldn't say an outlet. It was, um, it was like, it wasn't an outlet, but like, I don't know, it's kind of like people just tease you all the time. Did you work out that you were better at fighting than a lot of people? Uh, no, not for the longest time. Not did you lose the fights or did you win them? Uh, I don't think like I don't think when you're fighting in the street or even in the schoolyard like there's no real winners I lost them so I, <laughs> so, so I know that there are no like <laughs> okay well, I, I didn't lose them but I wouldn't you say know, you would know if you lost them yeah no but let, me, let me just assure you of that the, the only time I, I lost the fight was when that older kid strangled me and I thought I was going to die I, I think I spoke about it on the podcast nah like like there was a kid that was like in the same sort of like predicament as us. So like he was on the house, but he was like a year 12 kid. And I was like a year eight, seven. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to pick on you. Because <laughs> like, like the hierarchy is a thing. And I started picking on this. I started just, I wasn't picking on him. I just like, I don't know how it happened, but he was like, he was sitting down somewhere and then something happened. And then I called him a name. And he just stood up, walked over to me and grabbed him by the neck and started strangling me. How did, how did he stop? Uh, I think he let me go or I passed out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was in his seven. This kid was in year 12, but he was like a big year 12. Like he wasn't like a small year 12. He was a big year 12. He had man hands. He had like a beard. <laughs> and he just literally walked up to me and just strangled the shit out of me. And trust me, You've never been humbled until you've been strangled by a, by a bigger kid. Like, <laughs> just, just proper strangled. All right. Uh, Leo, so I you, lost that fight. Can, yes, you most certainly did. Can you go down a little bit? <laughs> Tiny bit? Yeah, okay. So, JSJ23 says, what's the most underrated or overlooked skill in modern MMA? Uh, in my personal opinion, probably the knee stomp. Really? Or calf kick. But I feel like the calf kick is trending at the moment. So, I think overwhelmingly it's the ability to deal with the pressure and everything else that goes into the fight. Because I think a lot of those guys, all of them can fight. It's just like who can deal, who can come to light, who can come to life under the lights, you know? I think that, that, that part. I thought it was like an in the fight question. Whatever. I still think that's an in the fight quick answer. Um, Cade, the eight, we already answered. Who are you fighting next? Um, Crazed Monkey from, I believe, the UK, five pounds, says, love the show, lads, and the witty banter that Uncle Fab continues to deliver. Much respect from the UK. Thoughts on Zabit's performance. Thank you, Crazed Monkey. You're a champion. God, you'd love getting complimented, eh? I do. I do. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. How come they're only complimenting you, though? Why not me? I have a lot more charisma. Do you? I do. Do you? <laughs> Go on, anyways. What do you think of Zabit's performance? 
Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was. I thought it was a good performance. Did he? Was he sick beforehand? I uh, believe that a few weeks before, like a month or so before, he had some sort of blood infection or something like that. He didn't look super relaxed out there. Like he didn't look as good as he has in previous fights. I thought he fought very well. I thought his his effective use of like leg kicks like played a played a really good role in in stopping um, Qatar coming in, uh, controlling that distance as well as racking up the the amount of strikes he um he he was he, like his total number of strikes and, and winning rounds definitely. Uh, he's so, Calvin's no slouch though. <clears throat> no, he's I, I think he won the third. Yeah, I, th- I think he won the third. He definitely won the third. He, he was just out pressuring, landing like some really good boxing. But it looked like uh, Zabit like was really tired, like really tired. So, um, you know, it, if he did get staff like two weeks out, then that would knock him around a bit, you know. But how but, bad is staff for people that don't know? Oh, yeah, staff sucks. Staff sucks because um, generally, you know what? What one? It can if it gets out of control, it. it like he can, when I, I got staff on my knee once and I literally could not walk with it. Like had to get it, had to go to the hospital to get the, the, the drip antibiotics and things like that. Uh, and, and um, yeah, I literally could not walk and it, and it can seep into your joints and do damage to your cartilage and all that sort of stuff. But, um, but yeah, staff sucks. But also like the, 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 the fact that like you can't be training with other people when you have staff or you shouldn't be. If you are training with other people and with your staff, you're a grub. <laughs> so grub, grub. Don't do that. Oh, yeah, like top tip. If you have any sort of rash, fungal infection, staph, or anything else, and you jump on the mats, you're a grub. Yeah, and if you're not born with it, go get it checked. <laughs> like if it wasn't there before, like if yeah. it's, it's not a birthmark or some shit. Yeah. You know, people go, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. I thought it was just, and I'm like, nah, dude. It's fucking bad. Whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, stay off the mats, guys. Jack, nobody else wants your shit. Jack Trevor. Is that right? Jack Trevor? Yes. Jack Trevor. Robin Fab. What music do you guys listen to? It, that should be Millie Vanilli. That's it. Just, that's what we listen to. Just Fab On and a Rob. loop. Fab and Rob. Yeah, no, the, please. Yours. Uh, honestly, I listen to a bit of everything. It depends. It depends like what the flavor of the month is at that time. Like I listened to like a, lately I've been listening to a lot of Cold Chisel. Um, also a little bit of like techno, such as like Marshmallow, like that sort of fella. Is that techno? I think it's techno. And um, that's kind of, I've been listening to like a lot of acoustic stuff on YouTube. It's like, the, like these guys just doing acoustic versions of like songs. It's peaceful. It's nice. Yeah, I, my, I just listened to a real broad array of music my wife always laughs because like my playlists are like it could be anything you know like anything at all um i like i mean i like so much different types of stuff i'm not very musically minded either like i'm not i don't like i literally if i have to dance i have to watch people and like when they bob i bob because i can't hear the beat literally so i I don't i'm not very musically minded but i just listen to a very very broad array of music it could be i don't know it could be listening to like bob marley this week tracy chapman next week and i don't know i might listen to some other shit the next week you know i'm completely different i like a lot of different music but i've realized i don't like any of your music no no you're not cultured enough to of course not (laughs) 
Um, After he just says, I'm not musically minded. Yeah, you're way below that. No, um, dude, get out of here. Brandon, $4.49N, says, when are you guys coming to Gracie Atama next? Funny story, Funny we were meant story. to be there today. We were going to be there today. We we're going to teach the class today, but um, because of the bushfires and that, I live on the south coast and Rob lives in the stick somewhere. Um, <laughs> we Both our places are like on standby for evacuation. So straight after this, we're heading both heading to our respective homes, um, just simply because you know we want to make sure that we're around if anything happens. But otherwise... We would have been teaching today. Yeah, we'll look to get there, get out there like when the, the fires hopefully aren't so threatening. Which is hopefully soon, you know, ish. Um, sorry, this guy here, Bradley Corey, $10. Perth boy here, if offered a rematch early next year, would you take it? Romero has lost the last three. Kelvin lost, just lost a till. Till lost two before that and Costa is injured. In my opinion, you're the number one. Well, Bradley... He is actually the number one. That's that is the in the rankings. Mm. Um, go on. Yeah, like um, oh, we'll we'll see what happens. Like I wouldn't say no to a rematch. I guess like it's pretty pumped to go to Europe. You're <laughs> <laughs> sold like, in Europe. Like, like, <laughs> in, in in fairness, you have like through management and that he's already said yes to a rematch. Like yeah. you have. Like I've so yeah, so I I definitely do a rematch. I think that's a good fight. Like, I think anybody who loses to a guy wants a rematch. Like, crazy not to. Like, I'd love to to fight him again, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, it is what it is. UFC are crazy on the best of times. They do what they want. Can I also say like, uh, uh, the the way that that things work as well. Like you know, say Romero lost has lost the last three, for instance, right? And I think I don't think he lost the last three because he beat you. You beat him. Then he beat Rockhold, then you beat him, then he lost to Costa. If I'm not, is that right? Yes. Um, but having, be that as it may, that top end fighting, any of those guys can go in, you know what I mean? Like R- R- Romero, if Romero fights Adesanya, that'd be a great fight. If Costa fights Adesanya, great fight. They're all great fights. It is what it is. Till's no easier than Adesanya. Like now that you, like, you know no, what no, I mean? None of them are easier. None. No. I think they're all just as dangerous. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with the UFC. Um, Matt Joe Bone, if you had to, what anime opening would you walk out to? Um, definitely the Hero No Academia opening number two. Like, without nice. doubt. I like the title. I have no idea of the music or the genre of music. You don't like it. But I like the title. Wait, wait. There's a go down, Eli. It says, oh, well, Rob's goatee is looking so hot from Zach. I'm trying to grow it out. Thank you for noticing, mate. I'm trying to grow it out. Stop. Fun fact, I've been growing this since I was about 19. <laughs> I can grow that overnight, dude. No, you can't. I can <laughs> do everything better than you. Mr. Sonan, <laughs> I love you, Rob. $2. Thank you, mate. Okay, here, Michael Feely, $2. How do you, you analyze your opponent once the fight starts? Oh, that's a that's a tricky question because um, when w- once the fight starts, there's there isn't a lot of there's not a lot of thinking. There's not a lot of thinking that can happen. Nothing like nothing you're picturing anyway. Like, you, you I think you got to explain that because we've got to remember a lot of people that have never fought, never done anything yeah. like that. So when you're saying not a lot of thinking goes, it happens. Yeah. Like thinking does happen, but you have got to explain. Yeah, no, that's where I was getting with it. 
um, yeah, not a lot of like not the thinking like you have in mind. It's like it's not an analytical sort of thinking where I can I'm here, I'm looking at him, I can see him limping on one leg, or I can see that he's blinking funny out of another eye, or I can see certain movements. I see like uh, that sort of thinking doesn't happen then. The the sort of thinking that happens on the spot is like fast twitch, like. What am I going to do next? This, done. And then you do that. And then like he does this, then your body reacts this way. And then you plan for your next steps, which is like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then you do it. And then everything happens in like a, a scrambly sort of way. And then you back out. And that's kind of like real high-paced, like instinctual muscle memory sort of thinking. That's what happens at the, at the time. Like uh, sometimes like when I've heard a guy and I'm walking in, I... I I, I think quite clearly in those points and I think to myself, like I, I look to myself and I, I see how hurt he is and I, 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 I've done this. I think to myself like, is he that hurt? I take my time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pressure him. I look at his body movements. Like that sort of thinking happens, but like in milliseconds, it happens so fast. That's why a lot of it's like a visceral reaction. Yeah, that's why a lot of, like, a lot of the analyzing happens well before the fight like it happens in in the training that you manipulate uh, you set up the the programs and the the, the 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 training and you manipulate the training in a way that we start to to work exploits um of our opponents and start work those in and start to 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 work out good habits that we can take into the fight without thinking like i think you would be better to to answer like how the oh, no but i'm not in the fight, fight because you're saying it's saying it during the fight Okay, well, I guess I, I answered it. Okay. Um, <laughs> can Khabib, can you go down a tiny bit, Eli? No, no, the other way. Yep. Okay. Motorious for $2 asks, can Khabib be the champ at uh, 170 pounds? So he's, he's lightweight now? Yeah. 155? Yeah. Uh, it's a different, it's a different mix there, eh? Like it's a different mix at the one seventy division because like, you have like Usman and Colby, um, Colby, and those those sort of other wrestlers, Woodley like guys that, that Masvidal, yeah, guys that wrestle a lot there. You know, I'd I'd be very interested. Wonderboy, Damian Meyer, Askren, like they no, but they're like yeah. You think about those matchups, yeah. Like, I think, I think it'd be very different. I think. Like, I think he'd have harder matchups. Like it's it'd be very hard to get Wonderboy to the mat. It is very hard to get him to the mat. Like uh, on a good day, same Masvidal, like Maya. Like once you get him to the mat, I think you know it's hard. But especially when you, you go up against these guys like Colby and Usman and those sort of fellas as well. Like the big guys too. Well. Yeah, they are. I'd I'd be very interested in seeing Khabib. At 170, I think he'd just fill out into it, maybe. I, I think he could. I mean, I, I think, yes, he could. But I, I, I think Khabib is very, very smart, and he knows. And I think he's spoken on this as well. The, the way that he fights is perfect for that weight and that division. You know, it, at 170, it's, a, it's quite a difference. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's quite a difference. Some guys can and some guys think, but, but he's... I think he's got it down pat for that one fifty five. That's the thing I think think people don't realise is that like styles aren't necessarily the like styles change depending on the weight division because you can't you can't have like a a flyweight um, game plan and be a heavyweight. It's, it it doesn't yeah. work that way. You have to 
Like the, the, you'll see, and if you notice it, the, in the different divisions, there's a lot of different styles, and the, the makeup of fights is different because the striking power, the cardio, the, 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 the strength factor in the wrestling, and, and that. Um, when are Rob and Fab going to start the Twitch streaming together? That's also Zach for $8. Yeah, and so I want to start. I just want the record to show. That I want, I want to, start. to start. I've said let's start, and Rob's dragging his feet. I'm not dragging my feet. We are, we are actually waiting on on some some rigs from AMD. Shout out to AMD. We are we're going to get some rigs, and then we're going to start every Thursday. We're going to start a little campaign. You and me, mate. We're gonna... in here and in here. I've already started. <laughs> <laughs> Economy two dollars says we need a Fab and Rob Minecraft stream, which I agree with. What is that, Rob? It's a, g- <laughs> it's, it's, it's a game. It's a game. Like a block game. You, you'd know. It's like the block game. It's like the Lego game. Where you, like um, Tetris? Nah. Nah, nah dude. Fuck. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Yeah, he knows what Minecraft is. He doesn't Do live under a rock. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Either? Nah, sorry. You don't know what Minecraft is? Either. No. Yeah. We're adults, we're dude. We're I, don't, adults. I don't play video games. Yeah, no, so we're adults. We have fucking responsibilities and taxes and shit. No, I wouldn't know. Sorry. Any taxes. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Spastic. laughs> What's Minecraft? Does, is it the one where you've got to pick the little blocks and the mine blows up? Is it that one? Like, nah, dude. Kids used to play that at school, so I think that's so, what I'm... No, it's like, a, it's like a game where everything is blocks and you can, you can build houses out of blocks or dig holes and plant farms and that sort of stuff. It's like a little world you can build with blocks. Sounds interesting. There you go, Fab. You could make your own little Minecraft. Can I ask, uh, on the way to the fights, you were playing, oh no, it was the weigh-ins, you were playing a game that looked like Pokemon. Nah. Was that Minecraft? It was Stardew Valley. Oh, sorry. All right. <laughs> it's a farming game. Fuck. <laughs> so the droughts are also affecting you. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling it as well. Akaram325 for 9.99 says you see the nick diaz interview today he was dealing with social anxiety can re- can you relate to this rob much love from alaska 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 but you know something with alaska has a massive amount of um like mental health stuff and that as well because they have this the, the whole like they have like sorry in the dark isn't yeah, it because yeah. there's lack of sunlight lack of sunlight and then too much sunlight and then mm. they have insomnia and like a lot of those places like that, that in that Arctic Circle kind of thing, have have those problems. Wow. But anyways, go on. No, um, I, I, I didn't I didn't manage to watch that interview. Okay, did but you he watch was it? De- no, but he was dealing with social anxiety. Can you relate to this? To social anxiety, uh, in in what sense? Like like getting out and meeting people and being around crowds and things like that. I I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say this part for you. I'd say a hundred billion percent. I don't know if you relate necessarily to Nate Diaz. But definitely as far as like interacting and getting in the crowds and interacting with large groups of people and whatnot and different people and people asking you questions, I'd, I'd, I'd say there's a similarity, but I'll let you answer that. Yeah, no, I... I, I, I think you carry yourselves differently, but I think there's, there's a similarity in that regard. Um, yeah, like, I, I have a... I don't know, is, is anxiety the right word? Because like, I don't like crowds particularly, like I... I I like staying inside a lot. 
and uh, and not getting out. Like I, I can relate to to not wanting to to be around groups and and crowds and talk to people sometimes and and like I don't, I don't like, for instance, in in the fight game, I don't like all the the hype and the videos and the spotlight and the the media and the filming and embedded and the crowd that screams at you <laughs> and the lights and Bruce Buffer. I feel like you I, don't like Bruce Buffer. I don't like being announced like that. Oh, because he will knock you the fuck out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I've never liked that part of it. I know there's some people do though, like Bam Bam. He loves it. He yeah, loves yeah. I'm pretty sure he fights for that reason. But but me in particular, I, I I don't like any of that. Like I would prefer if we just fought every weekend, like at a park oval, and there were like forty people there, like football, like park football. It's um, don't make money that way though. No. I see. I see. Um, obviously, guys, carry yourself is different, but I do see similarities in in that social anxiety kind of thing um, with, with with what he's asking. Um, go go to the next one. Eli. I did get to see a little bit of that interview. I think he was talking about the pressures of like being back around that fight game with his brother fighting, and he said, "Do you know I mean there were so many big names at that fight, like the president and everything like that?" He was feeling that build up, and then people were already making assumptions that he was going to fight. Uh, George and that so I think it was just a build up of a lot of things I'll tell you something else dude if I find I find it overwhelmingly a real negative energy at, at when, when, I, when I go there you know just from an outside like I don't fight and I think someone like Nick being away from it for a while and then coming back it hits you like a ton of bricks you know it's a real negative energy everything's like um, oh shit like it's just so stupid. It's just like shit on this person, shit on that person. Oh, you know, I'm a genius. Look at my marketing strategy. My marketing strategy is to shit on the next guy. There's a fight. I'm a shit on this guy. And that to me, just how, how I was raised and how I am as a person, I find that like overwhelmingly negative. Like, I, and I, I, I'm just like, I don't, I don't like it. Like, we could have heaps more views on the podcast if all we did was talk shit on people. You know? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's, that's, you know, I'm not, not necessarily a genius for doing that. Yep. Um, can we move to the next one? Does Khabib beat GSP? Um, that's a that's a tricky one. Um, what do you think, Fab? I think a lot of it depends on the weight. I don't think he beats him at 170. I think at 155. I've never seen George at 155, but George has fought as high as 185. And, yeah. and I, I think him getting down to 155, I'm sure he could, maybe, but 155 is fucking small yeah. for someone like George. Khabib is very strong at 155. Yes. Like, at that weight, weight limit, I, I, I find it very hard to see him lose to people. And I think he's real fucking tough. Like, yeah. like super tough, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, not, you're not just stopping him with shots. Like, I mean, anyone can get caught, of course, but... Yeah. The way he fights is, is kind of risk adverse. Yeah. Like it's Yeah. What do you think, Eli? No, I don't think he could beat him at one fifty five, but going up that weight, I think George would be able yeah. to nullify his wrestling and that and be able to stick there and box with him. So I think yeah, the weight is too much of a difference. Yeah. Um congrats on your performance at the Sydney Open from Brendan. Thank you, Brendan. I'm assuming you meant me. And I did, I did what I could, mate. I did what I could. Um, 
that's more or less it, eh, Eloy? Yeah, yep. I'm just, I'll go through them, but if you want to maybe talk about any of the other fights on the weekend. Um, just I suppose we spoke about um, Zabit's fight. What do you think mm. of the Greg Hardy and Volkov fight? <clears throat> I didn't realise how big um, Volkov like, I knew he was big, but he, he looks so big in that fight. Because Greg, Hard, Greg Hardy is a huge guy. And Volkov looked bigger, taller, wider, just big guy, massive guy. And um, just kept him at the end of his jab, just outstruck him the whole time. Was, uh, like, um, and used a lot of sh- good gonna, straight line attacks. Say that, like, was, was straight line attacks, but also with that straight kick, like straight body kick, the teep kick. He was, he was using those super effectively to stop um, Hardy going in, like rushing in to try and land a, a heavy shot. And in saying that, he, Hardy did land some heavy shots. And uh, Volkov just took him. <laughs> like, it's a good fighter, that Volkov. Yeah, very good, very good. So, uh, very impressed. He just, because of that loss to Derek Lewis, kind of knocked him yeah. down the rankings a little bit. But I think, yeah, he's a very, very, very good yeah. fighter. And, and in that fight, he was winning handedly up until he yeah. got knocked out at the end. 100%. All right, guys, that's, that's it for this week. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you very much for everything. Thank you for the support. Honestly, it really means a lot. And I love having Grange TV audience with us all the time. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Stay tuned. We'll be back soon.